Vernomatic Productions. Are you ready? Live from the Metal Mayhem Studios in Rochester, New York. We are gold. And heard around the world by metalheads just like you. This is Metal Mayhem ROC. Heavy metal music. Your weekly dose of metal music. Interviews, album reviews, news, and more. Want to be part of the show? Send us a message through our website, MetalMayhemROC.com. Or hit us up on Facebook and Twitter. Search Metal Mayhem ROC. It's getting nice and heavy. And now, welcome tonight's host, John the Vernomatic Verno. Good evening, everybody. As always, Thursday nights, new content drops. Here we find ourselves on the other side of 4th of July, and we hope everyone's enjoying their summer of 2022. On tonight's show, we're uh, having a little bit of a local flavor. We're up here in Rochester, New York, and we invited mid-20s metalhead Aaron Thomas onto the show. Now, Aaron, he has a passion for 80s metal, He took it so far that he created his very own record label, Dark Age Records. Now, the mission of Dark Age Records is Aaron seeks out 80s bands that only went as far as to release demos for various reasons. Maybe they were young or maybe they broke up. He gets the best quality master tapes of these demos and he remasters it. He puts together artwork and he releases it on his label, Dark Age Records. It's a really fun story, so we're going to have Aaron here in just a minute. I want to invite you to visit the brand new website, MetalMayhemROC.com. Sign up for our email list. It's our chance to stay in touch with you with updates on both our weekly podcast and also links to our live radio shows that we have. There you can download some past shows. Recent episodes on on the podcast, we had Graham Bonnet last week, singer of Rainbow and Alcatraz. Metal Mayhem ROC correspondent Metal Walt navigated that interview. It was a real good one. And you can also find the continuing history of metal series that me and the guys put together. So that's all up on the website. Coming up in the next couple weeks, we have Oranthi. The female metal guitarist, she has a brand new CD, DVD coming out this week called Live from Hollywood. She's here to tell us about that. 80s Thrash Kings Destructor from Cleveland. They're on the show to take a walk down heavy metal memory lane. And Frank Bellow of Anthrax and JD from Black Label Society will be joining us in a few weeks to discuss that twin bill U.S. tour, Anthrax, Black Label, that's going across America. So like I said at the beginning of the show, his goal, bring those quality 80s heavy metal demos into the 21st century. Let's welcome to Metal Mayhem ROC, Aaron Thomas. Hey, Aaron, how are you, man? I'm excellent. How are you? Thanks for having me. Uh, We're doing well. Summer's here. Everyone's getting crazy. Tell us about Dark Age Records and what you have going on here. Well, basically the idea behind it is uh, just to reissue, like you said, the different 80s heavy metal demos, a lot of stuff that's not on the internet just because it's been forgotten. You know, I just started diving into the underground of, like, finding these uh, compilations from back then, and there'd be tons of bands, you know, with, um, like, just one song on there, and I'd be like, wow, this is great, and then I look online, did they do anything else? And sometimes yes, sometimes no. And a lot of times they did do something else, but it's just not online. So I started searching for members on Facebook, trying to, you know, find people, Ask them, did you release anything else? Blah, blah, blah. 
Aaron, you're young. How old are you? 26. Okay, so he's 26. It's really cool that someone your age has taken an interest in some of this older stuff. Without going deep into the woods and telling the whole story of your upbringing, how did you get into some of this music? And share as much as you're comfortable with sharing about your history of learning about some of this metal. Well, my dad was into a lot of underground metal, all that stuff. He ran a Metallic Overdrive radio show here in Rochester uh, back in the mid-80s to the 90s. And then, you know, in more recent times, he's gotten into different types of stuff. But I started gravitating towards uh, just the older metal bands. I don't know. There was something about the, the production or the sound that really struck a nerve with me. So I started, you know, finding all these other bizarre bands from that time period that never really made it yeah well what what struck the nerve was it was all on analog and it wasn't as cluttered so was it safe to say uh when you're a little a little metalhead pops was driving around jamming some of this stuff and you're just sort of like you know tapping your toes to some i don't know early uh early phantom or early uh nasty savage or something yeah all sorts of different (laughs) things yeah he's always been you know into very underground stuff you know different you know and prog metal and just all sorts of different very obscure bands so it it was definitely my influence uh growing up uh let's touch on again how you were reaching out to these bands and their their initial response wasn't too encouraging you know at first when i i made a list of all these different bands that i wanted i did maybe like 40 that i wrote down of just you know things i found on youtube or whatever and then i one day i said you know what all right i'm gonna start you know i i went to the monroe county clerk i filed my dba and i said i'm gonna go do this the right way yeah and i'm gonna contact as many of these bands on this list as i can so i started searching on facebook and found someone sent a message and I was like hey were you in such and such a band you know 35 years ago do you want to reissue it and most of the time people were like well yeah I did that I was 19 and I want to stay in the past (laughs) which really kind of blew my mind because I was getting that response over and over and over again Oh, so your excitement wasn't really being shared by no. the, the, the recipients. No, they were a lot of people were really embarrassed by it because, you know, they thought it wasn't good or the production isn't good. And I yeah, I mean, the production isn't good on a lot of the stuff, but it doesn't really matter because it's about it's more about the feeling of it than just the the sonic dynamics of the, the music. Is there anyone else in your camp that you do this with or is it strictly your preference yeah, I'm the only one who, you know, looks for the bands and contacts them and all that. Uh, I do work with uh, this guy, King Tet Productions, who I found uh, on Google. Uh, he He's in California, so I have all the cassettes mailed over to him, and he, you know, remasters it. He gets sort of all the tape hiss, and he boosts the frequencies levels and all that sort of thing. So, so there is a, uh, a labor portion of this. So you, you get the tapes... And then you send it out. What was the outlet? King Tet? King Tet, yeah, T-E-T. So they they, they remastered, if you will. Are the bands reaching out to you now, now that things have gotten going? or I feel like now things are starting to move faster. I still have to contact all these people because most, most people aren't really aware of what I do, you know, because they're living their own lives and they've kind of set behind their, their band life 
30 years ago for a, a lot of these people. But now that I have more releases out, people can look and see what I have, and uh, they're more willing to put it out. Kind of uh, a domino effect. What about legal? When do the suits get involved in all this? What do you mean by like, that? Like, um, copyright infringement, um... Are all the former members of the bands notified that their their old material is being re-released? Um, you know, the, the, the legal end of all this. Well, luckily, because uh, I only do demos, they were never released on a record label. There's no copyrights involved. So I just, uh, I get the band members' permission. Uh, sometimes, you know, I can't find all of the members. So whoever's providing the uh, audio is the one who I get permission from. And... Uh, you know, most people won't even know because the quantities are so limited. If there's a member or two that uh, doesn't know about it, it's, you know, I try and contact them, but if they can't be found, then yeah. I'll still go ahead with it. Do you feel that the well will dry up or is there an endless supply of, and I use this term loosely, uh, 80s demo metal bands of the material out there? there? There's a ton of good stuff that I've found, but the hard part is getting people to work with me. I mean, I've done three releases, but of those three, and that, well, then I have I have two more lined up that that aren't announced yet. But uh, of those, I've probably contacted maybe sixty different people, and you know, a, a lot of times it's not a hard no. It's just uh, oh, I've, I think I got those in my attic somewhere. I'll dig uh, for them someday. Yeah, someday yeah. never comes. So, so you're trying to get the material and get the content, and you're relying on. Like you said, a dude that was in this band 30 years ago, and he hasn't thought about it. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I can't use uh, MP3 files downloaded offline because they're too low quality. I got to have a direct master from the cassette or the the reel-to-reel tape, ideally, but that's... The reel-to-reel tapes are almost impossible to find for all Oh, really? So you're limited on the source. Yeah. Well, I mean, I could do an MP3 and then convert it, but it would sound awful you know would common listener know the difference or is it just an you know an audiophile head will know the difference uh i'm not sure i've never done it i've never actually you know used that to press but it 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 wouldn't sound nearly as good you'd have you know a lot of stuff would be lost it wouldn't be a compression a full sound yeah yeah because you know you got like a an mp3 file that's like a 128 kilobytes per second or whatever and then a a real transfer will be like 1400 Oh, so, yeah, that's huge. Yeah, it's a, it's a big difference. Without getting too far into the weeds on the, yeah. the knobs and frequencies, but that's that, that that's huge. What is the process? Let's, let's circle back a little bit. Well, the process would probably be first, you know, to obviously find the band, then, you know, find something that, you know, I listen to, and I'm like, wow, this is really good. This I want to put out. Then, you know, go on, like, Metal Archives or whatever, typing in, the band and then there's the members tab so i find a name go on facebook and then you know just click enter and there's been a lot of times where i'm like well there's eight people with this name they're all getting a message (laughs) (laughs) and uh you know you gotta really really do some detective work and a lot of times people are like no that's not me or they don't answer but uh every so often you know you get someone's like yeah that was me how did you find me and i tell them how i found them so then yeah after that um, assuming that we can agree to uh, that, I have them mail out their tapes or whatever they have to, um, you know, King Tet Productions. Uh, he remasters the audio. I get that back. 
then I, uh, if they had um, original artwork on their cassette, I'll use that. But uh, most of these bands just had blank cassettes, you know, with maybe a label and a tape in a in a case. Oh, sure. So some dude would scribble the, the title. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I have my friend Alexis go, and she draws art, and uh, she's good with Photoshop and all that sort of thing. And she makes a booklet, and I try and get any uh, old photographs from the band that I can, and I have them type out a biography of just their time in the band, what they remember, notable shows, blah, blah, blah. Lyrics, if they have lyrics, and that all gets included. And then after that, it gets sent off to the factory, and that's it. We're talking with Aaron Thomas, the vision behind Dark Age Records. Aaron, this seems to be a, um, a, well, obviously it's a passion, but what drives you to do this, and what's the long-term goal? Really what, what drives me is it just... I was just listening to all these bands that I wanted to get for my own collection because I'm, I'm a rabid collector and I want to have, you know, all this stuff. And I was finding all this and I was like, wow, there's how come no one's ever put this out? And I don't know. There's a ton of different labels like Cult Metal Classics and High Roller that do the same thing on a larger scale. But there's still a lot of bands that uh, they didn't they haven't put out. And then I found out why for a lot of that stuff was because they don't want it out. But uh, there's still some more underground releases that no one has attempted yet. Well, isn't part of if you're reaching out to a particular band, at least um, you're reaching out because you enjoy it and you th- you think it's worthy. Exactly. So what are you saying when you reach out to them? They don't think it's worthy or they're like, oh, that was shit or. Yeah, there, a lot of people say that that sucked. You know, we didn't know what we were doing. We were kids. And, I, you know, I try and convince them um, like it doesn't matter. You know, it's. A lot of people like it, and I try and, you know, look at your comments on YouTube or blah, blah, blah. People love this. Not not a ton of people, but there's quite the cult following, and they're just, they quit responding or whatever at that point. Uh, so you've had, what, three releases? Yep. Uh, share with us the, the bands that you released and their brief history. So the first one was uh, Morgoth and Satan's Arrival uh, from the Netherlands. They're essentially the same band. They just changed names. And uh, they did one demo in Under Satan's Arrival in 84, and then one in Under Morgoth in 86. And uh, then a couple of members after that went to a band called Deafen. I think it was like two members, and that got reissued on, I think, Metal Warrior Records uh, two years ago, something like that. And uh, yeah, so that was the first band. They're just kind of like a traditional uh, speed metal band from that time period. Kind of remind me of the the new wave of British heavy metal band Satan. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, let's see. After that was Phantom, a local Rochester band. Uh, they did um a demo in '85 and one in '86, and then after that they broke up, and they reformed under. They didn't really have a name. I guess they just called it Rock Project. But that was in '89. They did a demo with that. And it was a slightly different members. It was the bassist and uh, the gu- guitar player from the 85 demo did that. And, uh, yeah, they're just kind of, you know, kind of like a cross between a hair metal and a power metal band, kind of like Keel or something like that. Yeah, it was funny because um, Aaron mentions Phantom. And in my early broadcast career, I actually interviewed Phantom when the, the early um, Metal Mayhem show back in the mid-'80s. And... They they were in the studio and I think we played tracks off Five Star Lover and um, a couple other songs. But Mike Menza was on drums in that band. Yeah, yeah, Mike and um, 
I don't recall some of the other guys, but they're they're cool dudes. So they're Rochester guys. So you had the guys from the Netherlands. You had the Rochester band Phantom. And who else did, have you done? Uh, the third one is uh, Woden Forge. They're a new wave of British heavy metal band from, I mean, obviously uh, England. They did, um, I think th- they did three demo, t- three recording sessions, but I believe only one of them was released uh, as a, a demo that the fans could buy. So when I first found out about them, I thought they had eight songs, and then I messaged the, um, the I think it was the bassist or something, and he said, oh, we had three recording sessions all from that time, and it was 15 songs. So there was all these extra songs that had never been put on the internet that I found, and those guys, they saved the original uh, reel-to-reel tapes that they recorded on in the studio, and I got them remastered. They sound fantastic. Oh, that's awesome. L- let me ask you, how much of that exact scenario goes into your decision to use a band do you instantly see that uh the 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 initial source of material is a lot better it's going to cut down on post-production or that they really if that happens that's just a bonus yeah it's pretty much just a bonus i mean it depends on you know how much i like it that i'll i'll contact them and how willing they are i guess also is a big factor in it because if they're excited to do it then uh, I'm excited to do it too I'm excited to do a lot of stuff that most of the bands aren't though uh, so how have these three releases gone over they've gone great um, the Morgoth CD is sold out I still have uh, quite a few of the vinyl copies left uh, initially I assumed that vinyl would sell better than CDs but it turns out it's the other way around more, more people want CDs and the, then, the, uh, than the vinyl than vinyl yeah and then uh, the Phantom CDs sold out and the Woden Forges sold out. Excellent, excellent. Aaron, where can people find your product and get information on Dark Age Records? Uh, they can go to darkagerecords.bandcamp.com. Uh, you can listen to everything there. You can download everything. Um, that's uh, then facebook.com slash darkagerecords. Uh, Instagram is uh, darkage underscore records. All the latest updates will be posted there. Well, let's see. So you have the three. Is there a timeline when you will release more? Is it a monthly thing? Or at this point, it's just a... Yeah, it's uh, it's basically as soon as I can get them out. I, um, I'd like to do uh, releases of two at a time because it seems to work better because a lot of people that uh, want this stuff are in Europe. And uh, there's one guy, uh, Underground Power Records in Germany. He buys 25 copies of whatever I put out. And then, but he, if he's got to pay shipping twice, you know, for every release, then uh, it costs him a lot more money. So I try and do two at a time, and then it saves. It also saves me time from having to pack up a million boxes. Oh sure, and as a business owner myself, professionally and with the Metal Mayhem ROC brand, it's you learn stuff very quickly. What was the born on date of Dark Age twenty twenty one? You said yeah, it was. Uh, it was like March of twenty twenty one was when I officially uh, filed. Uh, for the DBA, and then I, the Morgoth release came out. Uh, I think I got the permission maybe about a month after that for it, but the vinyl came out. The vinyl takes forever to come in, so the vinyl plants were backed up, so I didn't release it until, like, November. If I was just doing CDs, I could have gotten it out a lot quicker, but I didn't know that at the time either. So what are the sources? You have CDs, vinyl. Do you do cassettes? Or that's- uh, I haven't done cassettes. I've had a few people ask me, but I don't know if how well they would sell. You know, maybe if I did a very small run, I could look into that. But 
I bet then again, you know, if they're going to do it, if they really want a cassette, you know, do it, do it yourself. I mean, <laughs> yeah, right, right. You know, how, how retro are we going here? <laughs> um, there are labels that do that, though. Yeah, I know. I think over on um, one of the recent record store days, I forget which band did it, but they were releasing some stuff. I think maybe it was Metallica. They released something on a cassette or something. Oh, yeah, they did the uh, the No Life to Leather demo on uh, the, a cassette reissue. And I guess they tried to do a, like a proper reissue for that, but uh, Dave Mustaine and Lars Ulrich couldn't agree on who wrote what songs, so it's never going to happen, I guess. <laughs> Egos get in the way. Well, you know, <laughs> that that battle will go down until, you know, the end of time, which uh, rightfully so. I right, mean, right. You know, Dave's just trying to, you know, stick up for what's his. Well, Aaron, it's it's exciting. It's um, you know, I I give you give you props for following your passion and is there anything on this that this whole project that going into it you didn't see coming or things that you've changed since the beginning, you know, have you pivoted your business model at all? How has the first year been? The ups and the downs? Well, I uh, like I said before, I, I didn't really expect uh, the vinyls to not move that quick. So uh, that's, you know, definitely a big thing. Um, so CD only, yeah, that was a big change. Uh, I also didn't expect, uh, you know, the bands to be kind of embarrassed of their, their work more often than not. That really uh, kind of surprised me. I thought they would be really gung-ho. They were like, wow, you know, someone cares about this after all this time, but... Yeah, it's it's most often not the case. Yeah. I had this one guy block me because I just kept <laughs> trying to convince him. <laughs> he got kind of pissed, but... <laughs> well, <laughs> that's too bad. I mean, <laughs> so someone's reaching out to you because they enjoy what you did. But like you mentioned before, people want to keep uh, the past in the past. In the Yep, exactly. Well, it's great, man. Uh, I wish you the best of luck. Um, anything we could do here... Uh, feel free to share, you know, on our Facebook page and we'll do whatever we can to help the cause. Dark Age Records, again, is the outlet. Aaron Thomas, seek him out on Facebook. I'm sure he'll uh, yeah, check you out and accept you as a friend. Aaron, thank you for taking some time today. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Metal for Life. Thank you for listening to Metal Mayhem ROC. Check out our website at MetalMayhemROC.com for information on podcasts, archives, links to all our live radio shows, and all sorts of info. Please like, follow, and share with everyone, even your non-metal friends. And always remember to keep it heavy.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 